people ask me, how do I commemorate 400 years of American slavery? To which I say, I don't know anything about commemorating slavery. I'm a free man. The Black Channel is live. Unapologetic, unadulterated, and absolutely uncompromising. Greetings, brothers and sisters from around the world, and welcome back to the home, the haven, the stronghold, the everlasting superfortress, the voice of intelligent black society. This is the Black Channel Down There Radio Program, and I am, of course, your host, your brother, your humble servant, the Black Authority. With you here again, come hell or high water, of course, back with the family, and we're glad to be able to broadcast to you tonight. You are, of course, welcome to join us. And join us you shall, because on tonight's program, brothers and sisters from around the world, This is definitely going to be something that we want to discuss with you here tonight. I'm being asked about slavery. I'm being asked about oppression. I'm being asked about 400 years. I'm being asked, what do we do about 400 years? To which I would have to say to you here, I don't know anything about 400 years of slavery. I know about 400 years of resistance. I don't know anything about 400 years of bondage. I know about 400 years of fighting the powers of bondage. I don't know how to teach you about a legacy of slavery. I only know how to teach you about a legacy of being free men and free women fighting slavery and fighting oppression. That I do know about. I don't know anything that would tell me otherwise. I don't know anything that would tell me otherwise because as black people, that's not what I give you. What I give you is the ability to understand what you're supposed to be doing. What you're supposed to be doing is you are supposed to be remembering. What you are supposed to be doing is you are supposed to be remembering. But you don't have the ability to remember what you haven't been told. So much of our experience Practically all of it has been to reinforce and to remind you that you're slaves. That's the point. It is there to remind you of a legacy of slavery. And we're here to remind you that that's not the case. We're here to remind you that they're going to try to beat it into your heads here that there's supposed to be 400 years of you 
and that this is all that you have is 400 years of slavery. Now understand that Virginia is the same state that commemorated the Confederacy and then refused to acknowledge the existence of slavery under Governor McDonnell. And now Virginia in a backhanded, can't call it a compliment, backhanded diss has jumped up and said, hey, we don't, well, you want to talk about slavery? Fine. We'll talk about slavery. We'll talk about slavery for sure. And that's exactly what you see that they did. This is why you cannot leave it up to your enemies to define you and your history for you. You can't leave it up to them. You have to take care of that for yourself. And that's why we're here tonight. I'm here to remind you of exactly who you are. Don't let anyone tell you that you've been enduring 400 years of slavery. Because we are the people here who have revolted against it. We haven't accepted it. We're the only group of people who are not an assimilationist culture. Defining itself by its ability to accept its servitude. And they have been trying and trying relentlessly going on half a millennia to get us to accept the programming and to get us to accept the slavery to get you to define yourself through that lens. Do you understand that in America, they celebrate the 4th of July. They celebrate Independence Day. They don't celebrate any of the so-called significant dates before that. Do you notice that? They don't celebrate any of the dates that signify their bondage. They only commemorate the dates that signify empowerment. And then they teach you that you need to commemorate the dates that signify your bondage. You need to remember the bondage. You need to remember you're under control. You need to remember weakness. You need to remember subservience. And then of course, the Washington Post, as you can see from this uh, picture from their website here, you take a look at what they're showing you here. They want to commemorate this as some sort of spiritual thing, some sort of spiritual battle. Slavery and oppression are not spiritual problems. They are physical problems that permeate every part of your life, including the spiritual. But understand something, people. There is no spiritual solution to a physical problem. There is only a physical solution to a physical problem. Slavery and oppression are physical problems. And what they've been attempting to influence you to believe is that you have got to take a look at these things as spiritual issues because they already got that covered. They've already got that covered. 
They got you covered from a spiritual standpoint. They're already ready to tell you that the way that you deal with slavery and oppression from a spiritual standpoint is you pray and you believe and and you wait and you wait and you wait. That's the spiritual answer to slavery and oppression that is sold to us as black people waiting. When you say spiritual, that's what you're referring to. That's what you're referring to. I want you to wait. Just wait. Wait for the oppressor class of society to decide that they don't want to oppress you anymore. Wait for them to slowly wean themselves off of it. Wait for them to get tired of brutalizing you and victimizing you. Wait. That's what we're sold. We're sold on the idea and the concept of waiting. And I'm here tonight to speak to you about why justice cannot wait. It has never been able to wait and it cannot wait. Before I do that, a couple of a uh, little bit of housekeeping here to do here first. I'm glad to be back with you all here this weekend. If you're having any trouble with the stream, you need to make sure that you refresh it. Do not post in the chat that you're having trouble. Go ahead and just refresh it. And even if you are having trouble, it doesn't really matter because it's going to be uh, uploaded anyway. But that's all. So do not post in the chat if you're having issues with your stream. Where the chat is reserved for other things. Also, to everyone who has contributed to tonight's program, either live or recorded in the Streamlabs or the Super Chat, thank you very much uh, for supporting tonight's program here because I want to deal with these issues. First of all, we as black people, do you understand that over 400 years is a long time? And yes, we all know it's been more than 400 years, but it's perfectly fine for us to commemorate, um, to mark that as the date. That's perfectly fine. Give or take a few decades. That's perfectly fine. As far as slavery is concerned, not an issue. Because we need to understand that it doesn't matter how, it doesn't matter when the oppression began. It matters when it's going to end. It doesn't matter when it started as much as it matters when you're going to stop it. That matters more than anything. That matters more than anything. And what we've been sold on is the idea that we need to focus on the beginning. We need to focus on where we've been. Do you notice that white society is always patting us on the back and congratulating us for our ability to suffer with dignity? Everything that they talk to us about is how, how grateful they are and how pleased they are and how much they revere us for being able to suffer with dignity. It's only once we start discussing what we're going to do to stop the suffering, all of a sudden the polite tones drop. All of a sudden the polite tones drop. All of a sudden they want to tell you there's something else going on. All of a sudden they're not revering you anymore. They revere us when we are discussing suffering in silence. They stop revering us when we stop um, bragging about how we suffer in silence. I'm not here to teach you how to suffer in silence. 
I'm not here to teach you how to revert to your spirituality when the physical world ain't going right. I'm not here to discuss with you what you do to be a better sufferer. If you're going to talk about 400 years, you need to talk about how the 400 years built you into the empowered people that you are. Not 400 years and we shall overcome. In the words of our brother Khalid Muhammad, not we shall overcome, but we shall overrun. You see, among the dominant society, they talk about the end of those things. They talk about the end of suffering. They talk about how they overcame it, even if it's a lie. In the words of our immortal elder, Dr. John Henry Clark, even if it's a lie. Thanksgiving. How they overcame famine, even though it's a lie. How they overcame the elements and gained the right to take people's land, even if it's a lie. They don't talk about how they suffered. They talk about how they overcame it. They don't talk about the beginning. They talk about the end. They, talk, they don't talk about how they started. They talk about how they finished. But they don't sell themselves or sell them ch their children on the idea that you're supposed to focus on where you started. But for black people, that is what we are told. We are told that we are need to focus on where we've been. And a lot of us have done that. But I want you to understand that. Now, for the ADHD kids, because we have a lot of them, this is not 1619 does not refer to the presence of black people in the American continent. It is referring to the beginning of chattel slavery. So for the ADHD kids who are not reading the clear text on their screen, it's referring to that. That's what it's referring to. And I want you to keep this in mind. I want you to keep this in mind. I want you to keep this in mind because we as a people, if you're going to commemorate something, if you are going to commit it to memory, if you are going to make it a part of your cultural fabric, freedom needs to become the central part of your cultural fabric. Freedom needs to be a part of your cultural fabric. And we've been told that we don't need that. We just need to remember that you are slaves. We need to commemorate that. Notice they don't go to any lengths for the government to take that up. They don't go to any lengths for the government to take that up. What they do is they tell us, okay, we're going to tell you what it is that is important. And what it is that is important is you remember your bondage. That's what they tell you is important. And of course, they're not going to tell you what the solution is. They're not going to tell you what the answer is. They're going to tell you that the solution is that you need to just remember 
you need to just remember. And I'm telling you that more importantly than remembering how it began, and I'm, I'm not discounting the how it began, but more important than that is what are you going to do about it? Which is the phase that we have been in actually since it began. The phase that we have been in is understanding that we are not slaves, we are free people. We, ban we are not going to sit here and keep running over and over about the same thing. This needs to become our mantra. Other groups of people have Cinco de Mayo, Independence Day here and around the world. Other people have that. And we need to have that too. That's the mindset that we all need to adopt. Not just one of us, not just a couple of us. All of us need to adopt that. But you're going to make enemies when you do that. You're going to make a lot of enemies when you do that. But I want to tell you that the number of adversaries that you make in the pursuit of freedom is going to directly indicate to you just how free you really are. So let me explain to you about why making enemies is essential to your freedom. Before I do that, thank you, Sarah Lee, Desmond Peoples, and uh, especially Queen Mayotte Girl. Thank you very much for your contribution as well. And thank you to everybody in the uh, Streamlabs as well. Demetrius, Ryan Lee, David Bell, um, Royalty Entertainment, thank you very much as well. Brothers and sisters, we have become a people who think that the path to freedom is going to be paved with friends and well-wishers. There is no path to freedom that is going to be lined with roses and people wishing you well. That's not going to happen because the path to freedom is difficult. The path to freedom takes struggle. If they were going to commemorate us and think and, 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 and venerate us about slavery, they'd have done that a long time ago. Everything is about reminding you. Everything is about reminding you that you need to make friends. They keep trying to reinforce to us that we need to make allies, disregarding the fact that we've been, we, we've been doing everything they've been saying and we have no allies. Black people have no allies, despite efforts for half a millennia to convince people that we're harmless. It's a red herring. It's a decoy. You are not going to be able to beg and ask us your way to freedom. That's not the way it works. That's not the way it works. If you're going to give free, it starts with making enemies out of the people who have attempted to put you in bondage and keep you there. It starts there. If you're not making any enemies, then I can assure you, you are not getting free. If you are not making enemies, I can assure you, you are not getting 
free. That's an issue. You're not going to be able to nice guy your way to freedom. You're not going to be able to do that. You're not going to be able to get well-wishers to it. And black people have been afraid to make enemies because we're afraid, uh, ironically enough, we're afraid that making enemies will get us attacked. And meanwhile, while we're trying to convince people that they're, we're not enemies with them, they're, we're getting attacked. This is what we're up against. Enemies from without and fear from within. Where there shouldn't be any. Because we haven't had enough people to tell us that we shouldn't be afraid of making enemies. Black folk, you shouldn't be afraid of making enemies because that's called living in denial. You're already public enemy number one. That's what I want you to understand. You are already public enemy number one. You're afraid of creating a situation that you are already in. You're already in the crosshairs. You're already on the wanted poster on every store and every barkeep and every hotel and every inn and, and every sidewalk in town. You're already there trying to convince people that no, 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 oh, it ain't that bad just yet. It ain't that bad just yet now. And now, if you make trouble, it's going to get real bad. But we, it ain't that bad just yet now. It's not that bad. That's what they're trying to tell you. You never met a coward who got free people. You never met a coward who was able to get free. You never saw it. You never met it. There, there's no such creature as the free coward. There's no such creature as the liberated afraid person. There is no such creature. Free people are courageous people. Cowards live the rest of their lives wondering and worrying about who's going to pull their card next. Do you understand that? Cowards stand around worrying about who's going to pull their card next. So they tell themselves, if I can avoid making enemies, then I can avoid harm coming to me. I can avoid pain. Let me tell you a little something. Strong people don't avoid pain. Let me go ahead and just lay it on you here. Your pastor didn't tell you this. Your parents didn't tell you this. Strong people don't avoid discomfort. Now let me say something else. People of character do not avoid discomfort people of character don't avoid 
things that might hurt. Everything in life is not going to be easy. And furthermore, you should not desire that things should be easy. You should desire progress. You should desire empowerment. But if someone has taught you that you can have an easy life and at the same time have an empowered life, that is a lie. That's a lie. And there are more black people today dealing with mental and emotional schisms from attempting to pursue that absolute fallacy. That somehow you are going to be able to have an easy, carefree, painless life. People, the only folk who ain't got no pain are the dead and the unborn. Do you understand that? The only people who are not experiencing pain are the dead and the unborn. If you are living, you are going to encounter some level of difficulty. The real question is, will you encounter it as a free man or a slave? That's the only question you really have to ask yourself. If you want to be a strong person, you're going to have to tear muscles. You're going to have to pick up heavy things. You're going to have to lift heavy objects and you're going to have to carry heavy burdens. If you want to be a strong person, you're going to have to carry heavy burdens. Those burdens might be physical. How do you think you build skyscrapers? How do you think you build pyramids? You don't build pyramids out of paper towels, people. You can't build pyramids out of paper towels. You gotta build pyramids out of giant stone slabs. You don't get strong or make strong things. But unless you move heavy things, unless you carry heavy burdens. And if you have been conditioned, you know you've been conditioned to be a weak person when you have been conditioned to say, you can't move big things. We got too many black folk trying to figure out how to build skyscrapers out of paper towels. And it ain't gonna happen. It's not going to occur. When you're trying to build skyscrapers out of paper towels, what that tells us is that you are afraid of building. You are afraid of facing consequences. You see, when you're doing something great for yourself, you're going to meet adversity. It's going to come from a number of different areas. It may come from your family, your friends, people you know, people you don't know. You are going to be tested. You are going to be tested and you are going to be tried. There are people who are going to not like the idea of you building yourself into a stronger person because weak people inherently understand that they are at the mercy of the strong. If you want to know why your family, your friends, maybe your husband, maybe your own wife are, are, are anathema to you, 
becoming a stronger person, while they get uncomfortable, they kind of look at you a little bit differently. They don't sit there like everything's okay. They sit there like something's wrong. The reason for that is because they are afraid. They are afraid because they understand that weak people exist at the mercy or lack thereof of the strong. And they understand that. They understand that. Now, if you are a person who desires to be strong, you don't run from and are not afraid of strong people because you desire to be strong yourself. You seek the company of strong people. You seek the company of strong people. And when you seek the company of strong people, you are not envious. You are not envious of strong people because you know that you're on the road to becoming one. But you have to own that in your heart first. You have to own strength in your heart first. Did you understand that? You have to own strength in your heart before your arms swell and your back expands and your legs become thicker. You've got to own strength in your heart before you can own it in your body. Well, you've also got to own strength. You've got to own freedom in your heart before you can own it in your body. You've got to own freedom in your spirit, in your soul, in your heart, in your being before it will manifest itself in your life. But you got to understand that you are going to make people uncomfortable when freedom becomes a central point in your life. When freedom becomes a central goal in your life, you are going to make people uncomfortable. Why? Because free men can do things that bound men cannot do. Do you understand that? Free men can do things that men, that enslaved men cannot do. Free men are able to go places that enslaved men are not able to go. Free men are able to create things that enslaved men can't do. Free men are able to entice the woman of a man who's enslaved. Free men become the heroes of the children of the enslaved. Free men become the icons of the mothers and the fathers of the men who are enslaved. 
let me say something to you tonight that's going to upset a lot of people when we talk about 400 years, when we talk about bondage, when we talk about these things. I want you to understand something and remember this for the rest of your lives and pass this on to your children and your grandchildren. There is no honor whatsoever in being a slave. There is no honor. There is no accolade. There is no esteem. There is no royalty. There is nothing redeemable or honorable in being a slave. There is no slave who is worthy of our esteem. There is no slave who is worthy of our commemoration. There is no slave who is worthy of our memory, nor is there any slave who is worthy of our celebration. When we talk about Nat Turner, that was no slave. That was a free man. When you talk about Denmark Vesey, that was no slave. That was a free man. Those were revolutionaries. When you talk about Gabriel Prosser, and when you talk about Toussaint Louverture, these uh, Jacques Dessalines, these were these were revolutionaries. We're talking about revolutionaries that someone mistakenly thought was a slave and then woke up one day and to the rude awakening that, oh no, you grabbed the wrong one. You grabbed the wrong one. There are no slaves here, just revolutionaries and free men, but there are no slaves here. This is the type of talking that you haven't been given to because some people have tried to tell you or maybe you mistakenly assumed that there were some honorable, memorable slaves somewhere. There have never been any honorable, memorable slaves. Not now, not ever. You're not, you don't, there, there are no children who celebrate you for passing on a legacy of slavery to them, for passing on the merits of slavery. You can only have esteem from your children, from your heirs, by passing on empowerment, freedom, justice, equality. That's how you get people to sing your praises to sing your name, to build statues in your honor. That's how that happens. It doesn't happen because you wish it would. It happens because you demonstrated to your children that the would-be slave owner picked up a burden that was five pounds but your great, great, great grandfather, whose blood runs through your veins, and I wanna talk about that blood here in just a moment here. Your great, great, great grandfather was able to pick up 500 pounds. He became the superior being. When you fight and cast off slavery, you are no longer a man, you are a superior being. You are doing something that the average person cannot do. 
you have transcended mortality when you can do things that other men cannot do. When they are unable to, to emit it from their hearts and bring it into the real world, you've become more than a man. You've become more than a woman. You've become a walking force of nature. You become a walking force of nature. And that is what your job as a human being is to do. Your job as a human being is to, to blaze the trail and to make the path towards becoming more than a person. You never met a slave who was able to teach their children to be more than a slave. Tell me, what is the legacy that Clarence Thomas is passing on to his children? A legacy of empowerment? A legacy of liberation? A legacy of, of principle? Tell me, what is he passing on to his children? Ben Carson, what is he passing on to his children? What is he handing them? At the end of these men's lives, what are their children going to be able to hold up and show you except, well, they were good servants to the dominant society. And they're going to tell you that that is an accolade. They're going to tell you that that's something to be proud of. They're going to tell you that. Think about that for a few moments, people. Think about that for just a few moments. What are they passing on? What are their children going to be able to hold their heads up high with esteem over? Tell me, what is the immortality that the heirs whose blood of his runs through their veins are going to be able to carry on? What is, what, what is the Stacy Dash of our world going to be able to pass on to her daughters, prospective daughters? What is she going to be able to pass on to them? Tell me, what are the, the little reincarnations of her? Just go with me on that. What are the little reincarnations of herself going to be able to look at and say, I'm proud to look like her. I am proud to sound like her. I am proud to be like her. I am proud to be made in her image. Tell me that. Tell me. I want to talk about this subject of blood. I want to talk about this sacred subject of blood. Before I do, thank you for supporting this hour of the broadcast. Uh, Faye Abdullah, thank you very much. Chris Bow, thank you very much as well. Brother B1, as always, on code and on target. And thank you, Regina Palmer and everyone else who has contributed to tonight's program. Brothers and sisters, do you understand that you are carrying the blood of your ancestors? I mean, I don't mean that in a spiritual sense. I mean, literally, you are the walking repository of them. The DNA, the ribonucleic acid, their essence, 
is that walk the earth with them walk the earth through their blood is literally coursing through your veins as we speak it is literally who you are right now when we talk about procreation when really it should be recreation you are the walking blood of your grandmother today you are the walking blood of your grandfather today literally this is not spiritual talk i'm talking about everything they experienced has been passed on to you and now you are continuing that cycle you are the literal embodiment of them today the exact same blood that ran through their veins is the exact no different the exact blood running through yours now but i gotta tell you i have to tell you i am sad to say that there are a lot of you who carry the blood of cowards that's gonna be a rough one to swallow that's gonna be a hard one to take but we just have to be honest about this there are a lot of you who are carrying in your veins the blood of cowards you had people with no scruples you are the reincarnation of people with no principles no soul no courage no strength they would not carry a burden they could not carry a burden because cowards do not carry burdens i just have to keep this all the way real with you all the way real you are a lot of you here listening are the reincarnation of cowards the reincarnation of them I've told you all before that when we left the plantations we didn't get to filter out the traitors you see the bedwinches who were laying up with Thomas Jefferson and, and Stonewall Jackson them whores got out of his bed and after emancipation and the 13th amendment they walked off they got out of his bed and walked off the plantations right alongside the rest of us and while many of us carried on the legacy of nat turner and denmark vc the the bedwinches and the bedbucks and the sambos they taught their children that life on the plantation was good that everything was working out don't believe you see when we talk about slavery we say don't believe what the dominant society tells you don't believe what white society tells you but do you understand that in coward society and black among black people they tell you don't believe what them folks who tell you that life was hard but say they pointed all of us and tell their children, don't believe them Negroes over there. That's what they say. We say, don't believe massa. 
and the bedwinches and the sambos tell their children, don't believe any of us over here. That's a hell of a dynamic to be caught in, isn't it? The same fervor and passion that we tell our children that you cannot believe what the dominant society says to us about us is the same fervor and passion that the Clarence Thomases and the Ben Carsons and the Amorosas talk to their children with. That you can't believe those black folks. You can't believe them. So you see, cowardice isn't just a present condition. Cowardice is a genetic predisposition. It's true. You can be genetically predisposed to be a coward. I'm not making that up. You can be genetically predisposed to cowardice. And for those of you who wonder if that's accurate or not, uh, for those of you who study biology or psychology, you are very well aware of what they call the reptile part of the brain. Our so-called fight or flight response. But what is the fight or flight response? It is genetic memory. It has, it's, a, it's something where we encountered these situations so many times that we are able to instantaneously, reflexively respond to it without even thinking. Fight or flight. The reptilian part of the brain is proof. Memory is genetic. Memory can be passed down. These things get passed down. And if you're a coward, and if your father was a coward, and if your grandmother was a coward, then they are going to be passing down cowardice. They're going to be passing down cowardice. And they're going to be making you into the little coward that they always were. Because see, all you're going to need is a little bit of coaching. You won't even need any real hard pressure. All you'll need is a little bit of coaching. That's all you'll need. You'll just need a little coaching to get your coward game together. All we got to do is just give you a little nip and a little tweak. You see, courage isn't easy. Courage is hard. Yes, epigenetics, you're correct. Courage isn't easy. Courage is not easy, people. Courage is a burden. Courage is a burden. And when you encounter a situation that challenges your courage, your courage to withstand pain, your courage to withstand hardship, your courage to withstand suffering, your courage to withstand sacrifice. You see, when you encounter those situations, you're about to find out who you really are at heart, but you're also going to find out where you really come from. That's what you're going to find out. You're going to find out what really courses through your veins.
Are you a person who has had a legacy of courage passed down? Or are you a person who's had a legacy of cowardice passed down? When you take a look at the image on your screen right now, you have to understand that, that there, there's a bit of propaganda. There is. There's a little bit of propaganda on the screen, and you've got to decide for yourself how you feel about that. You have to decide that for yourself. This is a depiction of one of the slave revolts. If you really want a good primer on history, go ahead and look up exactly which picture this was from. I'm not going to tell you because I want for you to start learning it for yourselves. Very good etching here. But as you can see, as you can see, you can see that the slaves are depicted. They're taking out the men. They're taking out the women. And the person who did this etching even depicted the slaves as taking out children. They're even depicting the slaves as taking out children. This is one of the things that was taught that they keep talking about with Nat Turner. Remember when Tucker Carlson tried to criticize Nat Turner for not wanting to be a slave anymore? Well, he killed women and children. People, the plantation that Nat Turner was on, everyone was a part of the system of oppression. Do you understand that? Everyone was a part of the machine. You had the slave owner who just like they taught the slaves that we can't teach slaves how to read because they'll want more. You see, they attack the children early. They make sure to go after the children early. They want to go after the children on both sides. Remember Neely Fuller's admonition to us, white supremacy always takes both sides of an argument. They want to go after, they believe in targeting the children. They believe in targeting children, including their own. Do you understand that? They believe in targeting children, including and especially their own. So just as they teach your children as early as humanly possible that you are worthy of mistreatment, that you are worthy of being miseducated, that you are worthy of being mistreated and abused and brutalized, they also teach their own children from an early age that you are slave masters and those are the slaves their ABCs begin with S-L-A-V-E. And that you are correct and justified. They don't do this after you're adults. They do this as soon as the children are able to speak. So that the child never remembers a time and never knows a time that he doesn't consider himself 
to be part of the oppressor class. How could you keep the system of slavery going on for as long as it did? Brothers and sisters from around the world, if you don't believe that the propensity to be a slave owner and to perpetuate slavery is genetic, if you don't believe that, I wanna ask you a simple question. Can anyone tell me before the Civil War in the United States of America, can you name for me who, what white family voluntarily gave up their slaves during their lifetimes? Let me make sure I state it just like that. Will you please tell me which white families in America gave up their slaves within their lifetime, just surrendered them. Tell me which white families got out of the slavery business. Now, I'm not talking about the ones who were so stupid and so dumb that they couldn't make it work. I'm not talking about the ones who went out of business. I'm talking about the ones who were making good coin. It was a prosperous business, but they couldn't stand the immorality of it anymore. They couldn't stand the stench of human suffering. So they voluntarily gave up their businesses. I am not talking about the ones for whom slavery, they failed at running a plantation business. I'm talking about the viable, successful plantations. Tell me, if you don't believe that these things are genetic, how is it that a plantation could be passed down for seven, eight, ten generations? Explain to me how that could occur. Explain to me how you've got land that's in these people's families for 200, 300, 400 years. Explain that to me. With people dying of premature deaths and dying early because life expectancy back then wasn't what it is now. Tell me how they could pass it down for five, six, seven, eight generations. And the children took to slavery like a duck to water. They took instantly to being desensitized to human slavery and human suffering like a duck to water. Tell me if this was just a fluke and this was just, we don't really understand what's happening. If that's all it is, then tell me how is it they took to slavery like a duck to water? Yes, they stayed on code, but I'm introducing to you all tonight that code is genetic. I want you to understand that code is genetic. Code is genetic. We've been telling ourselves that code is transcendent. No code is genetic that becomes transcendent. You don't have 300 years of slavery and oppression guilt-free 
and then say it has nothing to do with the genes. Yes, it does. Bondage is passed down from generation to generation through the genes. Cowardice is passed down from generation to generation through the genes. But courage and empowerment and freedom are also passed down from generation to generation through the genes. Understand that happens too. What I want to also remind you, brothers and sisters from around the world, is that freedom and slavery are not conditions, they are choices. They are not conditions, they are choices. They're choices. And what we've been told is that we are too moral of a people and we are too noble of a people to reject slavery and bondage. We are told that we are too noble to fight fire with fire. We are too noble and too upstanding of a people to do that. We're too noble for that. To the ADHD kids in the chat, I've already covered the Kanye West thing about where what he was incorrect about because he said that to in order to justify coonery. No, Kanye was not correct in what he was trying to say. You're new to the channel. You need to go back in the archives so you can get gamed up and stop saying dumb things. I know a lot of the ADHD crack pipe babies um, are fresh off of the lead pipe water. I know that some of y'all are fresh off the lead paint. The lead paint has been peeling in your room since you were a kid. I understand that. I'm not here to have a lead paint moment, okay? I know some of y'all are Cabrini Green children. I get it. You need to go back to the archive. We dealt with this back when it happened. I understand. The crayon-chewing children, you, I know you're slow. I know you don't get a lot. Uh, you're still talking about Kanye, so I understand it. Your mama was hitting the pipe and had the heroin spoons. I get it. I get it. It's time for you to get caught up. But brothers and sisters, remaining in bondage is a choice. And you have the authority and the freedom at any time to make a different choice. Please understand. Please understand that. Every prison in this country, on this planet, every prison on this planet is a result of the inmates accepting their condition. You do understand that every prison on this planet is a result of that. The count of guards to prisoners, depending on what prison you're referring to, it could be as low. The ratio of guards to prisoners could be as low as 
well, prisoners to guards, the ratio could be as low as five prisoners to every one guard or 20 prisoners, as high as 20 prisoners to every one guard. So that means that at any given prison in America or around the world, the prisoners outnumber their captors anywhere from five to one, five times as many prisoners than guards, or 20 times as many prisoners as guards. What does that tell you? That tells you that mathematically, this is not my opinion. This is not my conjecture. Mathematically speaking, any time that you are able to add this up this way, then you understand that anytime you want to leave, you can leave. You can leave. The difference between free men and men in bondage is you can see on the picture on your screen. The difference is the free men got together in a group and said, we're going to be free. They made a decision. We're going to be free. That's all. We made a decision and we have decided we're going to be free. They also made the decision that they understood if we attempt to be free, we are going to encounter adversity. We're going to encounter hardship. We are going to encounter resistance. We are going to encounter pain. We're going to encounter suffering. We're quite likely going to encounter death. We're going to encounter those things. And then they made a decision that we're willing to pay that price. That is the only thing that separates free people from captive people. Free people make the decision and are willing to pay the price. That's the only difference. Free people make the decision. Enslaved people never get around to making that decision. They wait. People who are who have a slave mindset, they wait. They wait. And they look. And they pray. And they wait for some outside force to deem them worthy of extracting them from their circumstances. So they wear nice clothing. They engross themselves in spirituality. They do that. That's what they do. They wrap themselves up in intangibles in and say, well, this is what's going to get us free. Now, that's not really a strategy for freedom, 
All it really is, is a strategy for facilitating their cowardice, but it's not going to get them free. However, it will make them feel a bit more comfortable in their bondage, which is what it is intended to do. And understand something, I don't have anything against spirituality. This is spirituality done wrong. This is an example of spirituality done wrong. You see, your spiritual belief system is supposed to serve you. Your spiritual belief system is supposed to serve your needs. If the spiritual belief system that you have does not actually serve your needs, then your spiritual belief system is obsolete and needs to be discarded for something that actually does serve your needs. But your spiritual belief system is has betrayed you if your belief system doesn't serve your needs. And if you have a belief system that justifies or reinforces your bondage or your belief system seeks to make you comfortable in your bondage, then your belief system is obsolete and needs to be discarded. Not really sure how you got it. If your parents passed it down to you, then that might be some sort of proof that they are, that maybe they passed down to you a coward gene or they are in the process of attempting to pass down to you a coward gene. That's something for you to think about. You see, if your belief system does not make you a courageous person, your belief system is probably betraying you. If your belief system doesn't make you a stronger person, more able to affect the world around you, then your belief system has betrayed you. If your belief system makes you comfortable in your weakness, then your belief system has betrayed you. That's what you need to keep in mind. If your belief system reinforces your bondage, your belief system has betrayed you. And you must, as a necessity, you must discard it. You cannot keep it. You can't keep it around for any length of time. You can't have it. You can't have it. Because you see, bondage doesn't really come from the outside. Bondage comes from within. Bondage comes from within. Bondage comes from the inside. It comes from you making a decision that bondage is an option. There is only one time that you even remotely consider accepting bondage if you are able to plot out a pathway to getting free through it. That's the only time that you accept bondage. The only time that you accept bondage 
is in order to live to fight another day. But please keep in mind, it is imperative that you pursue that another day. You see, you're a traitor and a liar if you go into bondage and living to fight another day and another day doesn't ever get here. Now you're just a prisoner who is deluding himself and talking about we're going to live to fight another day and no fight ever took place. That is bondage. That is being a prisoner. That's being a prisoner. And your job is to make sure that you don't pass on to your children a legacy of bondage. Because it is your children who are going to carry your legacy. And see, that's the other thing that we as black people have forgotten. We have allowed other people to tell us that it is acceptable to pass on a legacy of cowardice to our children. Meanwhile, you've got all these mass shootings by the children of the people who tell their kids that you are free and you can do whatever you want to do and everyone else is just subject to whatever your whims are. It doesn't matter how bad. It doesn't matter how heinous. It doesn't matter how harmful. Everyone else is subject to your whims. You notice how among black people, we are taught that we can be noble slaves. Did you get that? We are taught that we can be noble slaves. But do you notice that there is no noble slave pathology? There are no noble slave teachings. There is no noble impoverished person teachings among the dominant society. Can someone tell me, show me where they, the movie, the story, the book, where white society teaches their children. Show me the story of the noble slave, the noble white slave, the slave that he's the good grandfather to everybody. He's the noble grandfather to everyone. Show me where they teach that. Show me where they teach their children that this is your honorable slave Uncle Henry, your honorable impoverished Uncle Henry, your honorable noble poor Uncle Henry. Tell me where they teach their children that you can be simultaneously poor and honorable, that you're the guy that everybody comes to for answers not despite being poor, but because you are poor. That somehow you have learned something or you have gained something within your poverty that makes you so valuable. Tell me when that's happened. Tell me when they teach that. Tell me where they teach that. Show me that example of the Uncle Remus. Show me that example of the Uncle Remus, the Bojangles or whatever. Show me that example of the grandfatherly Negro who his 
venerability and honorability is a result of their weakness. Show me the white version of that. Now, I want to tell you something else. Show me the white revolutionary who was condemned for killing people to get free. Show me the white revolutionary who was depicted as more honorable before he took up arms than he was afterward. Tell me. And I'm not talking about from just movies. I mean, movies, books, your history classes in school, your college courses. Tell me the white revolutionary who was depicted as more honorable before he took up arms and began killing people than he was afterward. That they showed that somehow he became worse. Russell Crowe, gladiator. No, brave heart is too easy. Brave heart's too easy. Russell Crowe and Gladiator, The Patriot, it's not lost on me that Mel Gibson keeps making movies like that. It's not lost on me. Show me the white revolutionary who was depicted as a worse person after he took up arms than he was before. They are always depicted as being better and more honorable more honorable and that the only reason that you honor them is because they took up arms and because they were willing to spill blood um john brown would not qualify as a white revolutionary because we are discussing what people who were fighting in the interests of white people thus they were white revolutionaries so Mm, close but not quite John Brown would not count peace be upon him and by the way you do understand that when you go look up John Brown they've already started the slandering and smearing of him they try to depict John Brown now when you look him up online and when you look up uh, documentaries that might mention him they always try to depict him as crazy that's what they're trying to say now crazy that John Brown was nuts. John Brown was emotionally unbalanced. That's what they try to say now. Isn't that interesting? So it doesn't matter whether it's Nat Turner, a black man, or John Brown, a white man, if you have anybody who took up arms against the current oppressor class, even in defense of human rights and human life, you are villainized. You are vilified. You are condemned. It doesn't matter who you are and it doesn't matter why. It doesn't matter who you are and it doesn't matter why. If you took up arms, that's it. That's it.
You see, they're on code and they understand the language and the vocabulary and the definition of empowerment. They understand it. But what they want to know is do you understand it? They just want to know if you got it. If you got it and if you understand it, now there may be a problem. And it's my job to make sure you have it. It's my job to make sure that you understand it and that you understand the last 400 years. I'm not looking at the last 400 years. I am looking at what is going to be done in the next 400 years. What is going to be made of the next 400 years? What is going to happen in the next 400 years? What are we going to have in the next 400 years? That's the question that I'm asking. I want to know what we're going to make of that. I don't want to know about 400 years in bondage. I want to know about 400 years, the next 400 years of fighting oppression and liberating ourselves. I want to know where that's going. Because if we're not going there, we're not going anywhere. Yes, we need to remember how we started because we need to have a clear roadmap of how we got into this mess, but we need to be focused like a laser beam on how we get out. We need to be focused like a laser beam on how we remove this millstone from around our necks. We need to have a clear vision of what it means to be black and that black and free are synonymous. That's what we need to understand. Black and free are synonymous. And anything else will not do. I am not looking back on 400 years of oppression. This is 400 years of freedom. Yes, it is freedom under struggle, but freedom will always have struggle. It is freedom under hardship, but freedom will never be easy. It is freedom under discomfort, but freedom is always going to require sacrifice and sacrifice by definition is not comfortable. Get over it. Now, are you going to get scared or are you going to get free? Those are the only questions you have to ask yourselves. So that when we look up in 2419, we will be discussing with them the millennia long march to freedom. The millennium long march to overcoming white supremacy so that they start etching out the story of how we beat it. Not about how we lived under it, but how we overthrew it. That's what matters. And that is your obligation now. If you have not been to our website, 
blackchannelfilms.com. You definitely want to go there and check out our documentary work, 7 a.m., Gentrified Ethnic Cleansing American Style, and our newest documentary, Race War. All of those are available now, live and streaming on DVD and streaming. Definitely go ahead and check those out. If you are new here to this channel, welcome to the Haven of Intelligent Black Thought. We do this every weekend here. We are unapologetic, unadulterated, and absolutely uncompromising. If you have not clicked the subscribe button, go ahead and do that now. And after you click the subscribe button, click the notification bell. If you do not do both of those things, YouTube is likely to attempt to unsubscribe you from the channel. Some of you haven't done that previously and YouTube unsubscribed. You are asked you if you want to unsubscribe. So make sure you do those things just to keep yourself safe. And as always, check back with us every weekend just in case YouTube decides to mess with us because there are some people who did click notifications and haven't been notified. We are not going to allow that to stop us or deter us. This is freedom we're talking about. This is survival we're talking about. We don't have the ability to become annoyed. Click subscribe. Click the notification bell. And after this, go ahead and click the like button as well. And this concludes tonight's broadcast of the BlackChannel.net radio program. I am your host, your brother, your humble servant, the Black Authority. And until next time, my brothers and my sisters from around the world, remember, Black is the future, and the future is freedom. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.